Hello everyone. I'm your host Sukriti Adivanshi and I'm back with another podcast episode on developer stake in low code how low code can be an empowering tool. So low code application platforms emerged in the modern software development landscape as a response to the need of the hour to quickly churn out enterprise grade solutions with minimum hand coding. As CIOs work to build their technology stacks, it's not surprising that many are embracing the low-code, no-code platforms to maximize output within their organizations. Gartner estimates that by 2024, low-code will account for more than 65% of application development activity. With digital transformation top of mind, the benefits of low-code and no-code often lie in the fact that you can empower citizen developers who have little to no developments. Uh, skills. But can developers benefit from low-code and no-code as well? To get some high-level insights on this today, I'm in conversation with Jinae Deria, co-founder and MD at Drona HQ. Jinae heads the sales, finance and operations at Drona HQ. He helps the evolving innovations of Drona HQ features and solutions to address enterprise customer needs. His key interest is to enable the intersection of technology innovation and commercializations of product. He is always keen to find solutions to address the dynamic needs of enterprise intersection of tech and commercialization. Welcome to the show, Janin. Thank you so much, Sukriti. Thanks for having me. Thank uh, you, Janin. Maybe just... Yes, it's, yeah, it's a uh, delight uh, you know, for me to have you here uh, on the show. And uh, without any further ado, I will quickly uh, you know, get on with the questions that I have. So to start with, tell me how low-code tools are used by app developers or front-end developers and full-stack developers. Sure. So, Sukriti, I'll just give a quick background about me and then I will step into this answer so that, you know, the audience will have a little bit of context to where I'm coming from, right? So, um, I've spent about the last almost 17 years uh, into, you know, uh, into application development space, right? I started my career in the application development. Um, and then by 2007, like, you know, I co-founded this company wherein we were basically doing enterprise tech, uh, very specifically enterprise mobility for large enterprises, right? So we work with customers like Wipro, LNT, Infotech, Kotak, and, you know, many more, right? uh now in 2014 onwards we basically stepped uh, stepped into or rather i would say our enterprise mobility evolved into rapid app development and from 2018 rapid app development uh evolved into low code no code application development right so uh, that's that is how our journey has been so far uh this is just to give you a context to where i'm coming from right now, uh, just to highlight, right, uh, I'm just trying to rephrase your question, what are developers' takes in low-code? So, the idea is, uh, uh, I mean, if, if you look at, like, you know, in, in, uh, at a holistic level, right, low-code is not something which is new, right? There has been prior attempts made by, say, somebody like a Microsoft or an Apple, right, when a Microsoft came in with a Visual Studio, gave developers a sense of, drag and drop or probably like uh, for for certain components and it was a very very you know back in the day um, a very uh, entry level sort of a thing that allowed customers or allowed developers to do things build the ui thing a bit faster and of course it wasn't really powerful enough at that point in time right 
so you know developers have had a flair of it maybe like you know those were not the words those were not the buzzwords which were in in use back in the day but the idea is uh, you know uh, in some form and shape developers have used it so I, I don't think they would be so new to the concept about dragging and dropping and building things right today these tools have become extremely powerful and as a result uh, you know you might be a front end developer and you might want to use a tool like rona hq for, for example to build uh, you know maybe web and mobile applications uh, in uh, in a, in a 10x faster way right or if you are looking at building say for example uh, automations you might want to like you know look at tools which allows you to do automations uh, achieve automations without writing a line of code so you know there are tools which exist to solve a variety of things and i think uh, developers sooner or later would be like you know i would say they would once they get exposed to it they would would want to use it because they they are extremely uh, i would say helpful tools allows them to build things faster and uh, by the day as we speak of uh, you know they are becoming powerful to allow them to build variety of use cases with this Wonderful. Now, deep diving to the organizational uh, perspective, Janin. Tell me why and how CIOs and uh, you know CGOs teams can set the framework for low code development within the organizations, and uh, where is the low code? You know, you seem to be the right fit. What kind of applications it uh, it is? Sure. So, uh, if you if you categorize uh, enterprise applications broadly, right, there are you you would categorize them into two or three different categories, right? One of them would be um, say a core business application, or say let's assume you are an insurance player, and you know for you a core business application would be uh, you know the underwriting application, right? Or if you are a bank, then you know core banking would be your uh, core application. So the idea is, you know, we call it as a core core business application as category one. Category two would be uh, operational applications or internal applications meant for, uh, you know, uh, smoother functioning of your operations, right? <coughs> now, if I if I um, if I if I say right between the two, right? Um, Typically, like you know, the the sweet spot for low code, no code applications have been um, have been typically like you know the internal tools and internal tooling aspect for customers uh, for internal internal customers is how I would rather say that seems like a natural fit because uh, you know you we are still in a nascent stage. Low code, no code is just picking up, and uh, you might want to start off with internal applications test the waters and then you know they double click and see how you could like you know make it fit into the larger maybe your core business applications as well because one of the big advantage that low code will bring on the table the moment you achieve and the moment you adapt uh, you know adapt it internally uh, uh you know would be like you will you'll soon see that the speed at which you are able to deliver things and the speed at which you are able to change things within your application is drastically different and as a result you would be tempted then to take pick up the right use cases and then uh, apply it in different other areas of business but um, to begin with if you are an organization you haven't really done much on low code no code yet and i think sweet spot would be to get started with uh, you know internal applications 
And if in case you've already toyed around with the product and the tooling that you're using, right? And then the idea in that case would be to expand the horizons. There are different tools specializing in different things, right? So you'd be surprised, uh, Sukriti. Many a times I get this, like, you know, from the customers, hey, you know what? You're already using UiPath. Why do we really need, like, you know, a new tool, right? Uh, and and the logic is pretty simple. You, you know, when, when you, let's take an analogy in a factory, you're using robots, for example, it doesn't mean that, you know, it can be widely applied to anything which needs a robot, right? I mean, if you might be using it in a warehouse, but that doesn't mean like, you know, there might be robots which might do a better job at cleaning and you might want, always would want to be open to look at like, you know, what other newer capabilities it can, it can bring. Right? So uh, that is how I would rather like, you know, let, I mean, this is what I would advise if you are new, Go ahead, start with picking up an internal application. And if you've already explored some things and you are not able to expand it further into other use cases, then try new tools. Wonderful. I think this was very helpful. Uh, Janine, getting on to the next one. What are the skill sets required for using low-code tools and what kind of upskilling is required generally? So it's a good question. Uh, so generally, like... Um, we are assuming that uh, a kind of audience would be developers. Okay. Now developers generally come with a basic knowledge, or I would say a very uh, heavy knowledge on how programs work and how is the flow of applications, how is the flow of compute internally for a given application, right? So in, in that scenario, with that assumption, you, the kind of, uh, like, you know, uh, the developers that have come on board on our platform, uh, they have been up to speed in probably in a week's time. That is from a timeline perspective. And what they really need to upskill on, what they really need to learn more. So most of the low-code program, low-code uh, development tools, right, uh, they will come with a basic set of things that they can like you know they, that they can do without without coding and uh, then there will be advanced things in which they will have to write code and do things right so typically the place where they have to write code and do things most of the, i mean it depends on the tools that they would use so for example in our case uh, you know javascript is a is a typical language in which you would do it and uh, there is nothing new to be learned over here most of the developers who understand javascript can get functional on a tool like us uh when it comes to building advanced features in no time because it's javascript at the end of the day right so and then there are different tools some tools are like you know using dotnet they're archaic in nature then there are you know different tools will, will demand that they can do with uh, like you know will need some different uh, uh things that probably will need to be learned right so typically, uh, it depends on a tool to tool basis, but every tool will give you, uh, you know, set of common things that you could do without writing a line of code. So that's, and then you go on to your advanced, uh, complex applications. And that's where like, you know, depending on the tool you got to learn. Amazing. Uh, okay. So, you know, there, there's a slight, uh, I think, uh, a stir, I should say that, uh, the low code is only meant for large organizations. Help me, uh, you know, understand this. That is it only for large enterprises or do SMBs and UH businesses, uh, you know, can benefit from it also? So, uh, you'd be surprised actually, like, you know, today 80% of, uh, you know, the users that we have 
uh, are basically SMEs. So, uh, you know, we, we count for more than 7,000 plus uh, organizations, uh, like, you know, who have used our tool and worldwide, there might be like, you know, much exponential number than this, right? And 80% would be a general term. So the idea is uh, it's not just meant for the large enterprises, right? Uh, there can be a variety of use cases. And now let's talk about internal tools for a moment. Uh, let's assume you are, a, you know, say a 500 people organization and you might be running things either on pen and paper or you might be doing things on Excel. Imagine those things getting automated and getting completely digitized, right? Now, if you want to do it, uh, A is like, you know, you go ahead and buy something uh, ready off the shelf, some uh, subscribe to some SaaS or, you know, or maybe the second option is to build things rounds up. And this is where low code really comes in very, very handy because you do not really like, you know, need to invest so much time to have a custom tailor made application done for you, uh, completely grounds up in a manual way versus, uh, you know, with the low code, uh, you will find like, you know, low code would be a clear winner, right? In terms of helping you do it faster and helping you do it more efficiently. So, uh, it's not just meant for, uh, large enterprises and because, you know, these platforms like, um, say ours, for example, is completely like, you know, available on cloud. Don't really need to add any infrastructure to it. And, you know, you would be able to get started, like, you know, in a, in a snap of a finger. Okay, so this is the last one that I have, uh, Janine. Why low code now, and what difference do you see after the pandemic for low code? Uh, give us a little future perspectives, also. Um, can you can you please come again? I I think I missed it a bit. Okay, so I'm asking why low code now. I mean, at this point in time, and what is the difference do you see after the pandemic for low code usage uh, for everyone? Give us a little future perspectives, also here. Sure. So why low code now? I think, uh, you know, the idea is very clear, right? Uh, you know, you would want to do things faster. You, I mean, if you, if you could go and reach from say, uh, Mumbai to New York in say, you know, eight hours, right. And if there is an option available, uh, for you to reach in four hours, I mean, it, it's a no brainer, like, you know, what would you pick? Right. Uh, of course, uh, looking at like, you know, the budgets and other stuff. The idea is it's it's always a better thing to do things faster, more efficiently. Uh, so low code has various advantages. A is you know an ability to besides the ability to do things faster, they have uh, applications built on low code are way more um, uh, easy to maintain, right? And uh, ability to change those applications is also like you know I mean they are extremely extremely amazing when it comes to like you know changing these uh, you know the or adding new functionality into into your applications so that is these are some of the uh, reasons and of course apart from that you get standardization of your output because at the end of the day imagine like you know you spending manual hours laborers hours to do say write an application a and if you give the same application to 10 different developers they will basically all of the 10 will write it in different ways right and they can be smaller nuances in each of these applications, right? Let's say take an example, like, you know, if you were to write uh, an input control or a text box, right? And on the text box, let's assume like, you know, if you are designing it for a mobile device, you would want to keep it to come in with ABCD. And maybe if it is a number 
control or a number is what the text box is supposed to accept. In that case, you would want a numeric keypad to come. Now, now you know, imagine this. Different developers, some of them may not even recognize this and it will only come during the testing phase or the user experience phase that something like this would be corrected, right? But imagine on a low-code platform, day one you get a completely standardized output that if it is a number control, you will always get a numeric keypad opening on top of it. Smaller stuff, but it makes a lot of sense to standardize your applications, right? The entire uh, user experience uh, at, at some point and at some level, right? These efforts that you invest in local today because most of the local platforms are hyper flexible you can add your own new controls you can add newer uh, stuff into it right it will grow with uh, with within the organization right and the faster you are at adapting this right and uh, you know if if there is a wide adoption within within your developer community within your organization the chances are like you know a lot of people are contributing on top of it and that means uh, work of person A can now be leveraged by you know another developer say you know B right and that gives you uh, you know way more power because like you know reusability goes uh, at least three times uh, up right in in that case and as a result again your productivity increases significantly you are not rewriting the same thing again it can be simple stuff like you know establishing a connection with your core say you know certain apis internal apis now once it's done it can be reusable across the organization so power is humongous in in that case right so that these are some of the reasons why you should think about low code now right and uh, you know trust me because of pandemic uh, it necessitated the whole point of enabling people to work remotely and it made uh you know uh an added pressure for organizations who were like you know probably who had the digitization goals meant for 2022 or 2021 maybe they had to really like you know take it up and deliver it in like you know in before uh june of uh, 2020 right so to to achieve things at scale and at that speed uh you know uh low code was something like you know a lot of people resorted to and i think it made it made a very, very, uh, uh, I would say, huge impact there. It helped a lot of people to achieve things today to do way faster, right? I, I can give you one specific instance in our case, right? We had one of the government organization, uh, like, you know, a, a local organization who wanted to, during the, you know, crisis of oxygen supplies, right? They wanted to create a tool to better communicate internally the logistics of where the oxygen should be to have the maximum impact right uh, in a meaningful manner and uh, you know they teamed up with a partner of ours and then they created the system uh, which was uh, like you know which was done in probably uh, you know three weeks or two weeks right imagine if that system was to be delivered would like you know if it would have got delivered say after six weeks or eight weeks right uh, it might have not even like you know it might have lost the essence of building it fundamentally in the first place so you know that is these are the you know things where it has like you know really helped even in the pandemic uh, situation maybe for the organizations or maybe solving critical problems right and then uh, third point that you said about the futuristic part right i think overall uh you know if you if you track this right the amount of investments that are happening right now in low code 
is phenomenal right and as you quoted gartner a uh, point to be noted over here is like you know it's growing low code as a thing is growing at around 30% cagr right which means uh, the amount of investments happening both uh, from the customers as well as private uh, from the private investors at this point in time is huge right and if you see probably this is the fastest category of uh, services within uh, within saas so you would you should expect that these uh, uh you know the investments are only going to uh ensure that the products and the platforms which are available today are going to get even more mature tomorrow they will be more empowering and the idea is uh, in a in an analogy to maybe a driverless car right this is like uh, you know with time it's only going to get better right so that's how i could i would i would say it and faster you know you will be on it it will be much better because then you'll be able to reap the benefits right uh, learning it fast and then having an edge over your competition because you are like you know delivering things in x faster in that sense thank you so much janin thank you for you know wonderfully uh, taking us through the facts and uh, you know reasoning out our queries on low code i'm sure you know all the facts and learnings you've shared so far are definitely going to help our developer community uh, you know the, especially the people who are you know trying their career in the uh, low code domain and uh, giving us you know you've given us a, a real picture of how one can utilize uh, you know the much talked about low code applications altogether so thank you thank you for that thank you very much for 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 inviting me sukruti thanks jinin once again thank you everyone for listening to us uh, this is your host signing off please stay tuned for more thank you so much